Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Stopper with you uh, live at Rogers Place. Cody Jansen back at the 630 studio. Print hitting today for Brendan Escott, who will rejoin us on the Wednesday edition of Oilers Now. The second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. We are going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, River Cree Resort and Casino, excitement and bet on it. And we are joined by Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta live racing at Century Mile on Fridays and Saturdays, 5.15 post time. And you can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Just had uh, the police chief, Dale McPhee, on as well as Cody Cece in the opening hour of the show. Uh, talked about a sense of team and a, a little bit of the, the changing complexion of the world, which is... Um, you know, uh, the reality of the situation and how dramatically things have changed over the course of the last couple of years. And uh, Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector joins us. Spec, how are you doing? Doing very well. Bobby, how about you? Good. And these are very different times. Uh, we know that. And, uh, and you feel it and see it sometimes, Mark, and things like, uh, you, you, you know what? You never know what people are going through in life. And, and I always sort of operate under that context. And uh, so sometimes when you get a, a hostile tweet, I, I don't just simply dismiss it. Uh, sometimes it actually concerns me uh, with, with people. And, and other times it kind of makes me chuckle when somebody pokes fun at me and it's kind of done so in a humorous way. But these are indeed unique times, are they not? And maybe not the easiest time to be... Uh, um, uh, a member of a, a group like the EPS. Oh, it's never easy time being a, being a police officer for sure. And uh, yeah, Bobby, it is. You know what? The guy we all admired, uh, Coach Claire Drake, used to say that if we all push our troubles into the middle of the table uh, and we saw everybody else's troubles, we'd take our own back. And you know what? I've always thought about that. Everyone's got stuff going on. 
And if you think that your troubles are the worst out there, you know what? Like Coach said, you'd probably take your own back. So, yeah, it's a... As we go on, it gets a little more complicated, doesn't it? No, no question about that. And we're seeing a example of this right now with what's transpiring in Chicago. It's going to be the biggest news story in hockey, and it involves yes. Stan Bowman and Al McIsaac and uh, a video coach, Bradley Aldrich, for an incident that occurred back in the 2009-2010 uh, season. Um, he obviously uh, went, you know, sexually uh, assaulted uh, members of uh, uh, a couple members that were with the Hawks organization at time uh, at that time and it is uh, man these are these are they're no longer allegations it's been investigated and mm-hmm. it is a day of reckoning for the Chicago Blackhawks organization mark well I just listened to the uh, whole presentation and uh, in a nutshell, and back in 2010, the Hawks uh, learned of this. This incident happened during the 2010 playoffs when they were en route to a Stanley Cup. Uh, the greater organization, all the important people in the organization, were were fully informed of this between the uh, right after they had won the Western Conference Championship and were heading to the Stanley Cup final. And basically, that organization made a conscious decision. The leaders in that organization, on those, in that time, on that day, made an organization to let's put this thing off till the cup's over because winning at hockey and getting a Stanley Cup is, is taking priority over addressing uh, a strength coach that is being accused of assaulting one of the black aces. And, you know, we look back at that now when we say in 2021, how could you possibly make that decision? Well, they made that decision in 2010 and uh, are regretting it today, obviously, as they should. Uh, You know, many years later, some heads are rolling in Chicago and there will be some stern questions for two men in our league today that, that said they knew nothing about this. Uh, publicly, who have since uh, told investigators that they knew everything about this. They were around the table, Kevin Day off the general manager in Winnipeg, Joel Quenville, the head coach in Florida. Both of those guys were sitting around the table when all this information came out. Yeah. Um, was it their job to do something about it back then? I would say to you, Bob, probably the leaders in that organization, the head people, uh, should have done something about it and did not. Well, John McDonough was it was the president of the team at that time, and he is no longer yeah. with the Hawks organization. So the right. president and the general manager of the team, Stan Bowman. Uh, Stan Bo- so McDonough was let go uh, yeah. a little while ago. Uh, Bowman and Al McIsaac, who, as you know, uh, for anybody that's traveled in, the, in NHL circles, that's a guy that's he, he's in there um with Bowman, and he would know what's happened. Yeah. Those, so those two, Bowman and McIsaac, were let go today or have been relieved of their duties. What terminology uh-huh. did they officially use? Uh, Bowman, they said that Bowman resigned. Okay. Bowman sent out a statement, and in this statement, I'll paraphrase, that I found it very interesting. In Bowman's statement, said he said, I immediately passed this on to my superior in the Chicago Blackhawks organization, and I regret today that I assumed he would do the right thing with that information. So Bowman did resign. He is no longer the the Chicago Blackhawks general manager, but he made it very clear that he passed this information upstream to people that are supposed to do something about it. And it never, nothing got done. And he is regretful that he didn't step in and do something himself. That's what he's saying today. But again, Bob, you know, leadership, 
right? Leadership starts at the top. And the top people in Chicago knew about this thing. So we can throw stones at Chevel Day off and assistant GM. We can throw stones at the head coach who's trying to win the Stanley Cup. We can throw stones at a lot of people, and maybe we should be, Bob. But I would also say to you that had they had strong leadership at the very top of that chain with last names like Wurtz and McDonough, we wouldn't be having this conversation Well, today. the belief is the, the Wurtz the, the say they knew nothing about this. Rocky mm-hmm. Wurtz stated that he knew nothing about this. And so, yeah, this is going to be an ongoing uh, story to watch carrying forward. Yes, it will be. Uh, it just, it's... Dan Bowman's the GM of the uh, American Olympic hockey team, Bob. He is at this moment. Will he still be tomorrow? That's a fair question to ask. Right. And again, uh, Gary Bettman has stated he will be talking to both Joe Quenville, head coach of the Florida Panthers, and Kevin Cheveldayoff, the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets. So, mm-hmm. all right, that's switch focus. We, yes. uh, Mark, the Edmonton Oilers are 5-0. and um, I heard that, Bob. Yes, they're 5 <laughs> and the, the power play, Wayne Gretzky was on the, uh, Wayne did our uh, intermission in the first period. I wasn't smart enough to ask him a question about the power play of Gene. It was more generic about, you know, what he sees out of the club and are they deeper and all that kind of stuff. Wayne said in the intermission of the uh, second period of the game in Vegas the other night that the Oilers' current power play is better than the one that he had uh, on a team that had seven Hall of Fame players. <laughs> Yeah, that's so, saying something. Uh, that is saying something. <laughs> Edmonton's a five and a five and zero start team. Um, Vegas came out and they were starting early, and the Oilers withstood that initial charge. And I know Vegas has got some key players out. Where are we at with this group right now? Uh, how you know how good is this team, and how special is this power play? Well, I mean, it's you know the power play is is we're looking at a power play that could set some records here now. You know, it's it's been the same group, give or take, uh, for three years now. And if anything, they've improved their net front's presence. Zach Hyman is an improvement on Alex Chason. No disrespect to Alex, but Hyman's a better player. And uh, Yessi Pujarvi's come along and growing into a guy that might be better than Hyman one day. <laughs> so, you know, the, they found the one place where they could have some improvement on this thing, and they improved it. So the power play, Bob, it's, it, it's you know, it's the only the only thing I'm going to wonder about the power play is I, I would I hope, and I'm, I'm sure this won't happen, but I hope it doesn't become almost a crutch because we all know what happens to power plays in the playoffs. They go away. So it'll get them through the regular season at, at you know, almost a goal a game. It's like they're up one nothing before every game starts. But we've seen a lot of good power plays uh, go to, you know, go to rest in the playoffs. So you need to have a team around them. And I think that's what the next part of this conversation, Bob, is I'd rather talk about the team around that power play because Holland has improved it immensely as well. Uh he has, and the team has an opportunity to grow organically as well to maybe improve even further depth up front. Right. Derek Ryan, Warren Fogle, Zach Cassian. Five games played. The Oilers have got five goals out of their third line. Cassian has already surpassed last year's total. He had two and 27. He's got three and four this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fogle's been an absolute driver. I mean, he just takes it to the net. As a third line guy, this guy's a pretty good player, I spec. That line has scored five goals in five games. They've scored three, three times. They've opened the Oilers scoring. And on another occasion, they scored the game winner. So they're not just goals. They're important goals. <laughs> they're not just, you know, uh, the fifth goal in a 7-2 win here. 
Um, listen, uh, here's what I like. Like I, I'm, I fall into the trap of comparing Edmonton to Toronto a lot because in the past they were the same team. Lots of skill up top, not enough guts to win games that matter. What I like about Ken Holland is he didn't go out in the offseason and add a whole bunch of skill. He went out and got what this team needed. They needed a face-off man like Derek Ryan, right? He's in here at 64% or whatever he's at today. Uh, I'm not saying he scratched every itch. He didn't get a goaltender. He was looking for one okay. There's still work to be done. But they needed size on their third line. So he didn't go out and find another skilled soft forward. He went out and got Warren Fogle, who's exactly what Edmonton needs. And between Fogle and Ryan, you've got a line on which Zach Cassian uh, is, you know, we're starting finally after a couple of slow years to see the Zach Cassian. Uh, we want to see because he's in a situation that's perfect for him. He's not in the top six. He's not expected to trade pucks with Drysdale and McDavid. He's going straight up and down the right wing on a big third line. That's what Zach Cassian's supposed to be doing. So Holland scratched the right itches, man. He, he didn't just go out and find the most skillful player and put him in his lineup as Kyle Dubas did for years in Toronto, in my opinion. He's building a team here, and he's building some depth. Why did they lose to Winnipeg, Bob? They didn't have depth. Well, they got depth now, and they're going to be a different team come May. Yeah, just on Zach Hyman, Mark, uh, and I know you you wrote a piece on him, and he has been a terrific ad, and I, I got to tell you, I mean, I'm the guy that said he had a chance to make the Olympic team when the Oilers. still signed. does, I'd say. Yes, he, well, he, it's, it's been enhanced. I mean, he's got five games. <laughs> <five minutes. laughs> Uh, one thing that should be stated, I mean, the, the Leafs are an analytics-driven team. Hyman has been an analytics darling for that community. I mean, he is a guy, look, what you see, you see, but the numbers also support what you see. It, it's what's, You know what I mean? Like, people talk about those intangibles, and there's no way to monetize. I mean, Mark, if it was me, I would have traded Nylander, and I would have kept Hyman. That's what well, I would have okay. done if I was in Toronto. That's fair. Right. My point, my point to you would be this, Bob, and I agree with you. And I think everyone, I've been told by many analytics people in the last 24 hours that the analytics guys like Hyman too. But the head of the analytics movement, their their self-appointed guru, Kyle Dubas, uh, didn't like Hyman enough to make him a priority on that team, yeah, did he? He should have. He he didn't like Hyman enough. He didn't respect those analytics or whatever it is. He didn't like Hyman enough to save salary cap room to sign the player. He spent all his money on soft skill because that's what the analytics guys love. And he's out of luck on he traded Nazem Kadri, which was a dumb move because the Leafs exactly need what Kadri brings to the table. A kid like Connor Brown, they traded to uh, yes. Ottawa. They love him in Ottawa, right? Yeah, he didn't like Connor Brown. He, they liked Hyman. They didn't like Connor Brown. And that was. Yeah, okay. Well, they could use Connor Brown today. And I'll tell you what, they could use Hyman today big yep. time. And they don't have him because they didn't make a priority out of keeping him. So you can tell me, Bob, that, that Hyman's analytics are good. But I'm going to say to you that Dubas, who's supposed to be the smartest analytics guy in the world, didn't think they were so yeah, good he, that he'd try to keep them. Mark, I would have shifted off. I would have shifted off, uh, traded off Nylander, and found a way to keep Hyman. The moment it got serious with Edmonton, I was like, if they get this guy, that's like a legit top six guy. Like people, I don't think very good realized how like he was basically on pace for a thirty goal, sixty point season last year, and now he's coming to Edmonton where he's going to play the net front on the power play with the best three in the like. There is no other team, with all due respect to Tampa Bay, 
Edmonton's three in the one-three-one formation with McDavid and Drysaddle, two highest-scoring players in the NHL for the last five years, compounded by Nugent Hopkins, who's been elite points per sixty on the power play. Nobody matches that. Like those guys can create fluid. Hmm. It's not static. And now Hyman gets to be, you know, the net front on that. He, he like it was such an obvious one for me. So uh, it, it's intriguing. Five and a half million bucks. The Leafs couldn't couldn't save five and a half million bucks to sign this player right yeah they couldn't, mark, they couldn't I mean, figure mark, out a way how about couldn't this figure out a way. how about this between kerfoot and uh nylander if they didn't have kerfoot nylander could they have had codry and hyman and you know what if you add up the they traded one. kerfoot the trade yes codry for kerfoot right. so i think they could have had him right there you go all right just just and here's another way to look at this so mcdavid 12 and a half leon uh, eight and a half. That's twenty-one million. Nugent Hopkins five point one two five. So now you're up to twenty-six million. Hyman uh, five and a half. That's thirty-one and a half. That's 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 just call it thirty-two million for those four players. And the Leafs are playing paying forty million for uh, mm, Marner. Yeah, Marner, Tavares, uh, Matthews, and Matthews is a heck of a player. Marner's yep. a good player too. They're all good yep. players. And Nylander. Who would you rather have? The four Oilers, you know, the which which of the four horsemen would you rather have? The what, what Edmonton's rolling out at thirty-two million, or what the Leafs are at forty and a half? I think we know the answer there. Well, and it's a better, it's it's a bigger, even Leon Drysaddle plays a, a harder game, right? You know, you could say Tavares plays a hard game. Tavares, they, listen, they they made a mistake on Tavares. They paid him like a first line center. He's a second line center. That's just what he is. Yeah. Um, in in Nugent Hopkins, you have a guy that you would call a second line center if he was, just, you know, he's a top six centerman winner. But he touches but making, he, he touches every aspect of your team. He does. He, plays he does. Power he's play making PK. less than half of what Tavares is making. That's my point. Yeah. He's making what he should be making. Tavares is making what uh, twice as much as he should be making. And listen, it's a cap league, and when you make mistakes in your cap. We all know this. When you sign Milan Lucic, you pay a price for it, man. Yep. And same with Tavares, same with James Neal. That's just what happens. It's back. Uh, you, you know, a little bit of concern, I think, from some of the fans on the Ashley Fine Floors text line about the Oilers' fourth line. Uh, Shore coming off a little bit of a tweak uh, after a real good preseason. Turris, you know, sort of as a fourth line right wing. Perlini, those guys are going to play tomorrow. But, Mark, they could have three separate options by, say, February. And, mm-hmm. All right. So, number one, Holloway's going to go down. Uh, three months, you know, he's he's probably going to be playing by January. Where is he going to be at by the time we get back from the Olympic break, sort of towards the end of February? That's six weeks in there. Number two, Ryan McLeod, you know, what, you know, is he going to see what happens? See what happens. And then the wild card, because we don't know, is with Josh Archibald. He needs to be off, you know, for three months. Some people would say it's a long shot. Others have told me, no, there's a possibility he could come back and play. And ironically enough, he's the exact fourth line right wing the team needs. Because he's a, he's a good player. Like, he's a you'd good like Josh player. Archibald back at your team. He's a, the consummate fourth line. You know, he hits you. He kills penalties. He's quick. Uh, oh, you want him on your team. He makes you better. He is as good a fourth line player as Edmonton has in their organization at this moment. So yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, here's the thing with uh, listen. I don't know too much about myocarditis, but my understanding is he would not even at this point be able to spend a lot of effort staying in shape. Right. No, no. no we're talking. He's 
he's off for three months. Yeah. This isn't a guy with a busted wrist who's on a bike for two hours a day, yeah. staying in shape. No, no, he's. So my feeling is that it's going to be, you know, if he comes, if they give him the okay on Feb one to start getting in shape, he's a long March. ways. Away. I'm talking March for all three of these guys. Yeah. And you know, at the end of February is it's the deadline. Very quickly, we had Cody Cece on the on the show in the first hour. Uh, Keith and Cece, are you surprised at their level of play so far? No, I'm not surprised. I, 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 I expected Keith to be a very good player, and I think he's been a you know a very good player, a second line left D, doing everything you want out of that position, and that player settles down, you know, his partner and Cece. I feel a little bit for Cece. He reminds me of Barry Bob. When a guy has a bad year at Toronto, people look at him through those blue and white lenses for a long time. And Barry had a lousy year in Toronto, and he, you know, he really had to come here and prove himself. And I think we look at him a little bit differently. Cece, same thing. And he went to Pittsburgh and had a very strong season. And he gets to Edmonton, and people go, "Ah, he's Cody Cece. He's not that good." Well, the Cody Cece I'm watching is a pretty good defenseman. You know, the second pairing defenseman. They got a vet. What what hurt Edmonton in the playoffs last year? Some inexperienced play on their blue line. Yeah. And these two guys are very experienced second pair defensemen. Uh, Edmonton's a better team of those guys. They they they've made room for Bouchard to break in on the third pairing, and it doesn't look like he's spending much time there. Uh, <laughs> but the guts of their the defense, yeah. right? The guts of their defense are you know the middle that middle pairing is a couple of veteran guys that have been around a lot and can still play. And, you know, you could could you improve on them? I guess so. Are you happy with them? Very happy with them at this point. Mark, we appreciate your time today. Uh, we'll talk on – actually, you'll be talking with Brendan Escott on Friday because I'll be on the bird flying to Vancouver. Thank you for joining us on Oilers Now. All right, sounds good, Bobby. That's Sportsnet Spec for the horses and horse racing Alberta. The 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing and breeding industry. Live racing Century Mile, Fridays and Saturdays, 5.15 p.m. And reminder, you can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. When we come back on Oilers Now, we'll get to our prospect report for Scott Arthur Millwork. It is 126 in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers Now. Welcome back, everybody. 127 out in. Uh, Edmonton, and speaking of out, I went out to Wetaskiwin yesterday where I went and saw Milt Aloysius Pocklington Hodgkins III. Did not know that Aloysius Pocklington was Uncle Milt's uh, middle uh, middle names. Who knew? The things you learn. Anyways, there's an old saying out in uh, Cars Cost Less in Wetaskiwin. Vehicles are in short supply, but Rent Ridge Ford want you to know that they can make things happen for you. If you call out, one of the boys can do a video on one of the Ford products that they have. Brent Ridge Ford. That is your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. As we go to our Oilers Now Prospect Report for Scott Arthur Millwork. Custom cabinetry, luxury closets, exceptional work, millwork. Visit scottarthurmillwork.com um, today and back to the 630 Chet Studios, Cody Jansen. Xavier Borgo, what a start for him. Seven goals, seven assists, 14 points in nine games for Shawinigan so far in this season. They played one game on the weekend, 4-1 win over Drummondville. Borgo held off the score sheet there. Connor Savoy, six goals, six assists for him in six games in Denver. They lost against Boston College in Providence this weekend and down in Bakersfield. Philip Broberg, three assists in four games so far. He picked up assists against Stockton and Ontario this weekend. All right, uh, there we go. And we do the prospect report for Scott Arthur Millwork every Tuesday and Thursday. 
When we come back, after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, we'll talk to uh, longtime media personality Bruce Dobigan. He's got a new book out. It's called Inexact Science. And it's about the NHL draft. I thought it'd be interesting for many of you who are draft gurus that listen to the show orders now. Eileen up next with a global news weather traffic update. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.